Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's FNTSY, Dan Strafford, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours, getting you ready for a week of playoff football. Yes, that's right. It is the divisional round. We will go through each and every game, get you some of those prop bets. We'll talk a little bit about the coaching carousel as well in the National Football League. But first and foremost, as always, the most important question of the day. George, how you doing? I'm doing okay, right? Today may... Uh... This weekend may be the best football weekend of the uh, season. I don't know if it's my best sports weekend, but I think it's the best football weekend of the season. Divisional playoffs, generally your top eight teams are left. So uh, looking forward to a, uh, a nice, fun weekend. I, I would have to say, even if you're not a college basketball fan, the first full weekend of NCAA tournament games is the best weekend in sports. I, I, I think See, that I, is... I don't think I don't think how that can be close. And it has nothing to do with me not being a basketball fan, but that's, that's all that's going on that weekend. That's literally all that's going on. And that's the beauty so of it. So how can that be the best sports weekend? Well, I mean, what, what, I mean, what are you, you're going to give this, me This hockey? NFL weekend with You're going to give me hockey? Um, yeah. I didn't, did I mention hockey? I'm saying, what else is going on? This is, uh, college, that's the problem. The college tournament is better. The college, oh, come on. Sean, do the me a N- favor. Do the NFL favor, divisional playoffs trounces it. Come on. No, no. Experience-wise, college, uh, NCAA tournament. George, uh, uh, Sean, if you could, over there on the twi- Twitter machine, uh, at FNTSY Radio, ask the people what the best sports weekend is. They can, it, it can open, open-ended. open We'll just get the responses. We'll talk about it here throughout the show. Uh, George, how are, how are you? You're doing well? You're, you're doing well, though? Like, things are good? It's freezing out. Besides that, it's, yeah, well, it's hey, we're weekend. not going to get – it looks like we're not going to get snow. All right. We were originally early in the week. Look, we were going to get snow tonight into tomorrow, and now that's passed. It may have passed for the Patriots as well. Tomorrow's once again earlier in the week. It looked like they were going to get snow as well. So uh, no snow means I'm a happy guy because I'm a little tired of shoveling the white crap. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you saw. There was a, a couple of different videos going around from uh, Switzerland or Sweden. One of the two. I got them mixed up. I apologize. Um, about uh, an avalanche into a hotel. So the hotel staff was shoveling snow out of the lobby of the hotel. Like, that's not an experience I want to ever have, checking into a hotel and having to wear my snow boots. So I want to see uh, whether that's I, in my job description, too, if I work in that hotel. Exactly. <laughs> okay, someone, someone point me that job description manual that says I have to shovel snow today. No, no. Is that no. part of the turndown service? Like, hey, um... <laughs> We'll leave a mint on your pillow and shovel away the uh, 12 feet of snow in the lobby. It's fine. Uh, let's. Uh, we're going to dive into each game like we did last week. Go through, uh, look at some wagers, look at the prop bets. 
look at the lines and break down what we think will happen in each one. I do want to get your overall take on the variety of coaching moves that happened and from a fantasy perspective. Now, obviously, a lot of it is uh, subjective right now. We can talk about what happened at previous stops and uh, what sort of style a specific offensive coach uh, may bring to the table. Uh, But we have a lot of moving parts uh, that seem to be uh, important right now where you have uh, Freddie Kitchens there in uh, Cleveland will stick around and be the head coach. I uh, seem to uh, play well, obviously, with Bl- Baker Mayfield. Uh, there are talks of uh, who will be the offense coordinator there. I haven't seen anything definitive. Uh, I know uh, Steve Wilkes may become their defense coordinator. Overall, as you look through all the different uh, coaching carousel moves, is there one that is most exciting for you from a fantasy perspective where you think they got it right and maybe there is some upside for some of the pieces that hired uh, an offensive coach that may get the most out of the players on that squad? One that's the most exciting. You know, when you put it that way, no. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I think uh, I'm trying to think of which one I would think is most exciting. I mean, I, I, I like what Green Bay did, but I, I don't love it when I'm uh, going up and down here. We assume uh, Zach Taylor is going to get the Cincinnati job. That's somewhat interesting. I know all the jokes that are going around that if you didn't uh, know Sean McVay in some way, you didn't get a job, which in some ways does seem to be true. But I'm curious to see what, uh, what he'll do in Cincinnati because I don't know if he has much to work with. There's no young quarterback there. You know, it's, it's still Andy Dalton as far as we know for now. Uh, I was a little surprised that, once again, uh, with Cleveland, Greg Williams didn't get more of a, uh, I guess, more of a shot because for what yep. he's done, Cleveland's been, what, I mean, come on. When was the last time they were even relevant in the NFL? It's been a couple of decades. Greg Williams did something after they fired Hugh Jackson that we just haven't seen, and yet he's still shown the door pretty quick. Yep. You know, it wasn't even considered for the job. I, I found that surprising, but not exciting. Uh, so I can't really go there. Really surprised. Once again, I, I'm probably surprised more than excited. I'm surprised the Jets would end Gase. You know, a, a failed coach in your own division. And now you bring him to New York, a hard sell to the fans. Very hard sell to the fans. You know, so that was surprising to me that they went that direction. Uh, Fangio in Denver. Uh, that's never surprising one because everyone else is going young offensive coach. You go with the old defensive. I'm not saying it's the wrong move. I'm just surprised. So like I said, for me, Dan, I'm not really excited about any of this. What happened in Arizona, I thought was a joke. Well, pretty much all around. You, know, you fire a guy at the one year, and that's for a team that was going to be bad. If you had Bill Belichick, the team was going to be bad. And then the whole you know Cliff Kingsbury thing was a wow. You, know, you, you went to USC, then you couldn't get out, then you quit. Now you would, I mean, Wow. Yeah, you know, once again, yep. surprising more than exciting. I'm wondering, you see, uh, it, I'm sort of, uh, it's like eating popcorn. What else can go wrong in Arizona? You know, you, I'm watching a movie here. Oh, man, how, more, how, how much more can they screw this thing up? You know, so I'm wondering what's going on there. Arians, that might be the one I'm most intrigued about. Arians in Tampa Bay. Can he turn Winston around? You know, uh, and it was also because, let's face it, Arians is a character himself. So that could be somewhat fun, these, these interviews that we see there. But uh, I don't know if I'm excited about any of these hires. Yep. Uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not in disagreement with you. I do like I do like the consistency for Baker Mayfield with Kitchens there. I don't know what sort of head coach he'll be. Yeah, and, and obviously none of us do. Um, but that's one I'm intrigued by to see if that can keep consistency and keep that train rolling forward. Greg Williams uh, reportedly gonna be the Jets defensive coordinator. So we'll see if that can 
stave off some of the craziness that is Adam Gaze. So he didn't he didn't uh, have seven or eight head coaching offers this offseason because he had it last <laughs> year. Shocking. Remember? Sure. Shocking. Uh, that, that's a shame. He, he didn't have when the jobs were available. Not that. Well, I mean. The guy has been reported as being one of the hardest to work with in the NFL. That like he just rubs everyone the wrong way. So, uh, it the Jets are going to be a train wreck. I, I I have no doubt in my mind between Gaze and Greg Williams, <laughs> whoever they hire for offensive coordinator, because now uh, the guy from uh, what's it Logan's Logan's however you pronounce his last name uh, may be the Dolphins head coach. He ended up interviewing. He may not go with Gaze to the Jets. It's just a mess. Um, I do like the idea of Tom Monken being the offensive coordinator with the Packers. Um, if he can move up there, that'd be fun to see for a season or two uh, with uh, Aaron Rodgers still having a, a few years left of uh, hopefully high output. Um, but you're right. The Arizona situation is a mess. And then you get the speculation almost right away that they may trade Josh Rosen uh, to then take Kyler Murray uh, one overall because uh, Kingsbury gushed yeah, over that's him. That's not going to happen. I, I love the I love the speculation though. I love the idea that that's even part of a possibility there. Um, and I, I'm really intrigued to see what uh, happens come the draft with the the Giants uh, because if the Giants can land a quarterback somehow or another, if they go after Haskins from uh, Ohio State, that that is an athletic core to that team moving forward. Now, is Haskins ready to be an NFL quarterback? You know, is he ready to take over the reins as a rookie? I don't know. I, you know, he didn't play a ton at Ohio State because of who was in front of him, and he obviously the talent there. Uh, but that's another intriguing sort of storyline here heading towards the spring and tr- heading towards the draft uh, that I'm going to track because that would be a lot of fun from a fantasy perspective, having those... You know, obviously Odell, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, and then that sort of athlete at quarterback would be a lot of fun to watch uh, with the New York football giants. But still lots of moving here on the coaching carousel. Lots of coordinators still to be hired. Uh, Gary Kubiak was in and is now out as Broncos offense coordinator. Apparently a lot of general managers are trying to dictate to head coaches and uh, coordinators what coaches they need to hire. So there's been a lot of... Uh, balking at that. Uh, I guess uh, Mike McCarthy balked at the Jets suggesting that when they brought him in for his interview. Um, The same with the Browns. They wanted to be able to tell him what coordinators he was keeping or who he was bringing in. Uh, So that is an intriguing sort of control situation as well at each and every level uh, of the uh, National Football League as these general managers are realizing, I think, more and more, George, that they're life and their career is tied to these coaches and they don't necessarily trust them. (laughs) They don't necessarily uh, believe they're going to get it done. Uh, Let's do a little rerun machine here. Look back at last weekend to uh, help us forecast this weekend. Uh, The Colts over the Texans 21-7. Texans looked disinterested throughout the entire game. Obviously uh, the injury to uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, played a part here, uh, but uh, the Colts pretty much manhandled the Texans 21-7. They now go into Kansas City. Seattle over, uh, sorry, Dallas over Seattle 24-22. Not really sure uh, what Seattle was doing in this game, George, and, and does not bode well for the future of Russell Wilson. You're going to get some high upside plays from him, but they just didn't trust him. Am I wrong? It just seemed like they were so hell-bent on the run that even though Wilson, I think it was at the beginning of the second half, had two beautiful throws, beautiful throws that completely killed Dallas' secondary. They just never went back to it. Um, do you see that as an ongoing problem with Pete Carroll and Brian Schonheimer there in Seattle? It was strange. 
It was very strange. You mentioned two. There were more than two beautiful throws by Russell Wilson. He was, I mean, as far as the deep ball is concerned, he was on fire. Those mm-hmm. are some of the prettiest passes you're ever going to see. They treated Russell Wilson like he was a, a first or second year player that they did not trust one little bit. It was just strange. I understand if you want to tell me they, what the game plan was to run the ball because they didn't think the offensive line would hold up all game in a pass-heavy attack. I completely agree with that. It would not have. But there was a point in the game where you were losing two yards every carry. Yep. Your, your offensive line was getting obliterated in the run. All right? The Dallas was re- reestablishing the line of scrimmage in the backfield. And I'm not saying go away from it, but you had to become a more pass-happy team. You had to, and you had to put the ball in Russell, Russell Wilson's hands. You waited too long to do that. By the time you did that, you were down three scores. Uh, you know, the game was over. Uh, it's just, it, was, it was strange all around. Uh, I know people are yelling at Schottenheimer. Listen, you can yell at Schottenheimer. Uh, Pete Carroll could have easily picked up the headphones and go, hey, Brian, uh, let's go. Forget the run game here. It's not working. Uh, and that's not a joke. All right, That's easily what could have happened. Carroll deserves the blame just as much as Schottenheimer does. I said, this was surprising. All right, this is very surprising. That, once again, they, they just didn't, they didn't change game plans here. You know, so... Like I said, very, uh, it was strange. It was very strange that they didn't change the game plan here. So, yeah, I think the offense of the, the coaching philosophy was not wrong. I had no problem with the initial, but they didn't adjust well, which was shocking for a Pete Carroll-led team. This, to me, was a rookie uh, mistake, you know, where you, you, you don't realize you have to make your adjustments at halftime, right? That's what you always say, halftime adjustments. Run game wasn't working. Go I'm not saying I'm not saying to a 180, Dan. I'm not saying that. But you had to realize Wilson was playing well. The secondary looked like it could be beat. The run game was getting you nowhere. You played in the Dallas's hands. Yeah, and I think that's exactly. And you talked before that game that if Seattle's going to attack them, it's going to be in the secondary, and it's going to be and for and again, this is not to say we are better than a Pete Carroll or a Brian Schott. It's not in any way intimating that we should coach NFL. I don't mean that at all, but. For us to be able to see it and then to see it executing the game and be successful and then see Seattle decide not to exploit it is maddening. Like it is just sort of this and not for you, George, as a Dallas fan, obviously, but um, you prefer to see them make those bad choices. Uh, the Chargers and Ravens game was one of the worst playoff games I think I've ever seen until the final like six minutes uh, where uh, Jackson finally got his act uh, going and went from being potentially the worst ever quarterback in the playoffs uh, to having actually a pretty decent showing. Uh, but the Chargers come away with the win there. And obviously the double doink, uh, the tipped uh, kick for Chicago. Philadelphia moves on. No one's giving them much of a chance this weekend. But the Nick Foles story continues to be written uh, with that touchdown pass to Golden Tate in the final two minutes. Any takeaways from either of those for the Chargers or Eagles that will inform uh, your opinion this week? Well, you know, the Chargers, a lot of field goals. They uh, both played the old bend but don't break, and Chargers took advantage of that, and they stayed patient, and it paid off for them. Uh, maybe they, once again, took their foot off the gas late in the game, allowed Baltimore to get back in. Dallas did the same thing. Uh, so not all that surprising. Uh, I think the Chargers were the better team here, and uh, good for them. You know, we, we were joking last week, you know, 12-4, and four, hey, there's your, uh, there's your reward, go out to the East Coast from Baltimore. You know, so uh, they t- took care of business. Now we get to see if they can do it again. You know, can you keep it up? You know, go to Foxborough now. The Patriots almost seem to never lose in the postseason. So, well, good for them. As for uh, the Eagles, not surprised. You know, I think on, uh, what, uh, 
earlier in the week, last week, as far as betting is concerned, I'm like, oh, I love, I like the Eagles uh, plus seven. On Friday, I was in love with the Eagles plus seven. On Saturday, I was taking the Eagles straight up. On Sunday, I'm counting though. I'm just, uh, hey, okay, what am I going to spend this money that I'm winning on the Eagles? By Monday, my wife found out. I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Um, that's amazing. Uh, uh what what are you spending it on? What what is she spending it on? It don't matter. I just know I'm not spending it. So <laughs> hey, you know, it, it was nice. Uh, listen, uh, I am not one for secrets in a relationship, gentlemen. Uh, for those listening and ladies, you know, for those of you on the other side of the coin, um. Just when, when you're when you're on the mobile, just have a password on it. Don't don't let them see over your shoulder. That, that's all. You know, keep keep some of those winnings for yourself. Buy him something nice. You get to surprise him. But but buy him something nice. All right, we're gonna get game by game after this break. Uh, break down each of these divisional round matchups, and there is some fun prop betting to talk about as well. Dan and George right here on Fantasy Sports Day on none other than FNTSY Radio. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Trevor, George Church, John Angel behind the glass. There you go. Fine impersonation right there. Uh, getting us uh, over the airwaves and onto your computers. I, I didn't say that. I just said it was a good one. <laughs> oh, boy. Breathe in, breathe out. Uh, Indianapolis at Kansas City, Dallas at Los Angeles. Uh, big home field advantage there for the Rams. I kid. Uh, Los Angeles at New England, Philadelphia at New Orleans. Those are our four games this weekend. We're going to go game by game. We will talk about wagers. We will talk about the game itself. We'll talk about DFS as well. Uh, DraftKings does have uh, all weekend games. So does FanDuel, just not their bigger tournaments. Uh, so you do have an opportunity to play the entire weekend uh, or play the individual days if you so choose to play the two game slates from a daily fantasy perspective. Uh, as always, don't forget to check out uh, dailyroto.com for some great content there uh let's talk colts at kansas city uh this is gonna be a fun one at least that's what everybody's telling me um i am uh somewhat skeptical here of how good the indianapolis colts will be coming into this game i i know that their offense has looked great their defenses look much improved um I just feel like this is the year that Kansas City makes the run. Uh, I, I'm not you know, not shocking anyone with that, but this feels like a game that Kansas City wins handily to me. I know uh, it's a minus five in Vegas, implied uh, totals of 31 for Kansas City, 26 for the Colts, over under 57 points, our highest of the weekend. And it, you pointed out, I think, last week, 
how it was all 41.5s, and now this coming weekend we're going to get a ton of gigantic over-unders, and we do. Uh, we have 47, 48 and a half, 51, and 57. But let's break this one down, George. Uh, Indianapolis traveling to Kansas City, obviously dome team going to play outdoors in the elements here. Uh, that is a narrative people like to go to. Uh, you have the bye week, and you have had no... Uh, bye week team win the Super Bowl since the Ravens, I think, which is many years ago at this point. What, what do you got? How does this one break down? Do you see this as a slam dunk win for the Chiefs, or do you think this is legitimately one of the better games of the weekend? I do not see it as a slam dunk win for the Chiefs. I don't. Uh, there are a lot of interesting little uh, tidbits going on here. One, we can't ignore the weather. As of last night before I went to sleep, it was about 1, 2 a.m. Uh, they were getting four to six inches of snow, and they had a winter storm warning until 6 p.m. local time, which means, what, 7 p.m. Eastern? So pretty much the entire game. You know, they're going to they're play playing in a uh, in some kind of warning here. Now, with the, they were, they were snowing last night, so I think most of the snow will probably be done before game time, four to six inches, and we're starting at one, I means that should be done within 16 hours. Really, it's when the game's going to start. So I don't know how much the snow be falling during the game, but it will mean that the track will probably be wet. And it'll probably be a little slippery, which although it's an advantage to the offense, it still slows things down. So we have no idea if, you, if Mahomes can throw in that, those kind of conditions or how well he can throw. So I think this plays into, Minnea, into Indianapolis' hands. I do. Uh, so I don't think this will be a blowout. I don't know if I would have picked a blowout anyway. I might have picked uh, Kansas City to win here. But I think the bad weather actually in this case probably helped Indianapolis a little bit. They have the better defense. I don't think that's even close. Uh, Andrew Luck uh, has played in these conditions before. That's a very small sample size and did okay. The second thing you think, man, when was the last time Kansas City won a home playoff game? Anyone? It's been, been a long time. And we know Andy Reid's troubles as far as playoff games are concerned, especially in KC. So I think that's a part of this as well. This team will be feeling that pressure a little bit. Uh, we know they're a one-dimensional team for all intents and purposes. That's throwing the ball. You know, and uh, I wonder how that plays off if things don't go their way early. I think they could win the game. A blowout I don't see happening. Not with everything that's going on around them here. So uh, I think this is one of the better games. I actually like all the games. Maybe not so much the Philadelphia-New Orleans game, uh, the late game tomorrow, but I like all the games. And generally, that's why I prefer divisional weekend over wildcard weekend. You do have what should be the eight best teams, plus the four teams that, you know, were the best teams in the NFL, didn't play last weekend. They are playing this weekend. So we should get better football. Uh, Agree with that. And uh, you do get uh, these matchups that should be on the higher end uh, of the spectrum. Uh, As we go through this one, let's talk about some of the players specifically. You already mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You have Spencer Ware, who has had uh, a questionable tag uh, on him. I haven't seen the latest update on Ware. Looking that up now. Uh, let's see. Spencer Ware is questionable for divisional round against uh, Indianapolis. Uh, he didn't miss the final three games of the season. Got um, a week of limited practices. We've had Damian Williams, uh, obviously, uh, earn sort of the lead back role as uh, Spencer Ware has been out, but Ware being in would change that a bit. And then obviously you have the wide receivers who have uh, the uh, ton of upside if uh, the weather cooperates, how do you see the top players here? And uh, is a, a, a Travis Kelsey play this week almost a must uh, from the upside he has in this matchup? Yeah, I think, uh, once again, when you think about uh, Kelsey, so you're going to tight ends here. Even Ebron, this, you know, we have better tight ends this week than we had last week. Ebron can we also do, be yeah. a play today. All right, uh, you're not going anybody really. Dallas Rams. I mean, uh, Jarwin's who's questionable as well to play. Uh, Everett, I'll probably pass on that. Hunter Henry would be a huge gamble. 
I mean, even if he plays, and they're not saying, once again, the coach is going to lie to us right now. They're not going to give us any uh, any little tidbits. The, oh, well, he's questionable. I'd be shocked if Hunter Henry's not playing. You activated him on Monday. You know, why did you activate him? Then it would make no sense for him not to play. Uh, Gronk, probably not. Hasn't done anything. New Orleans, Watson, no. Ertz. And New Orleans has generally done a very good job against the tight ends this, uh, this season. So I think uh, Kelsey is your number one tight end by far this week. I'm not sure it's all that close. So, uh, yeah, I'm starting him. And once again, with the weather, if, even if it is bad, it shouldn't affect the Mahomes to Kelsey. You know, that's once again, big target close to the line of scrimmage over the middle. Away you go. That being said, Indianapolis also one of the better teams guarding the tight end. This is going to be a really good matchup. It will be. Uh, I agree with that, and I think it's one that, from a DFS perspective, I'm more than happy to pay up for for Kelsey on that four-game slate over on DraftKings, uh, figure out some wide receivers on the cheap where I can, and go from there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is 7K. He's the most expensive. Uh, But this is an Indianapolis Colts defense that has improved all season long. Uh, It is one that uh, sits... You know, 10th in DVOA now, which is insane to think of where they started. Uh, they are still 20th against the pass, but they were 32nd against the pass, I think, for the first four weeks of the year. So, again, statistically, uh, it has been an improvement uh, for the entire season for Indianapolis, uh, playing with a secondary that was pretty much all practice squad players to start the year because of injuries and defections and retirements and all the things. Um, what do you make of this? Do you think the Colts' defensive secondary has enough to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, or do you think Mahomes has as big a game as he can have here? I don't think Mahomes has as big a game as he can have. I don't. Uh, Indianapolis defense is uh, it's not. We're not talking the Bears or the uh, Ravens. We're not. But we're talking. It's a good, solid defense. You know, and even the Ravens defense still let up 27 points to uh, the Chiefs uh, about a month ago. So, uh, but I think everything. Consp- I think it's conspiring to help the Colts right now. I said the weather should slow things down. And that's a muddy track and Tyreek Hill can't run by you. He's still the fastest guy out there, but he can't run and really use that speed if it's a muddy, wet, icky track. They'll keep the top on as long as possible. But still, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little wet. It's going to be a little moist. And maybe it does snow during the game. You know, maybe the weather forecast got worse. Like this, everything I'm telling you about the weather, this is from about seven hours ago, uh, the yep. latest report. I have not checked since. It was four to six inches with the storm warning up until 6 p.m. local time, which is 7 p.m. Eastern time, which means for the all intents and purposes up until the fourth quarter. You know, that's when it, uh, the weather is supposed to, I guess, ease up a little bit there. So I think this helps Indianapolis. Uh, I do. I think the weather, anything to slow down the, uh, the KC offense helps Indianapolis. And we know their defense is really poor. You know, so I think it, uh, it hurts them. They, uh, I, don't think, I don't think this game is going to be a track meet, we thought. And for that reason, I'm probably, where I might have taken the over earlier in the week, I'm probably going the under now. Go in the under, under 57, all right, because of the weather. Let's see what we have currently at one arrowhead drive in Kansas City, uh, Missouri. Not uh, a meteorologist here, but I like to pretend I am, uh, so we can be sure to uh, check that out as we roll through uh, and discuss this game further. On the Indianapolis side of the ball, uh, you have to like the prospects for Marlon Mack here, right, George? I mean, this is a, a game, one, a season where he's been dynamic. He's shown himself to be uh, a very capable running back, and now he has a matchup with Kansas City again, DVOA, not the end-all, be-all, but Kansas City 12th against the pass on the year. We've known their struggles in the secondary at times, but uh, according to uh, adjusted stats here, they are 12th in the league. Against the run, they are 32nd, which means they're dead last. Uh, do you like Marlon Max upside here in this matchup with Kansas City? I think you have to. All right, I mean, What he did last week, actually what the entire Indianapolis team did last week against Houston was impressive, to put it nicely, being able to run the ball that well against Houston. Uh, I said that was impressive. The only reason why you wouldn't like the run game here is if, once again, they do get off to a 14-0 lead, the Chiefs. 
you know, then can't, then Indianapolis has to go to pass mode early and often here. And I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, at least not where it's 14 nothing. It could be 14-7, 14-10, sure. You know, 21-10 wouldn't shock me. But I don't think they'll be able to get away from the run game. That Indianapolis offensive line has done a 180 over past years. Quentin Nelson certainly has helped that. They've let up the least amount of sacks. They can open up holes. And once again, the Kansas City defense, not good. So, yeah, I think this does help Marlon Mack. But he'll have the same problems. He's not Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, you know, a power back. He's more of a guy who wants to get to the, uh, you know, the outside and do his damage. And once again, a muddy track could hurt that too because he'll be slowed down somewhat. So, uh, you know, as Captain Kirk said in Wrath of Khan, or I guess Spock said in the Wrath of Khan, the odds will be even. <laughs> That's, I, I'm, a, I'm a Trek fan, but that is a reference to make on a fantasy football show. That is a, that is a tying together of where, well, I guess, you know, they're both fantasy when you think about it. So <laughs> when the genre comes together, uh, it doesn't make that much uh, uh, crazy sense. Uh, so the, the most recent uh, forecast, uh, as I'm pulling it up here, snow this morning will transition to snow showers this afternoon. Temps nearly steady in the low 30s. Winds north northeast at 10 to 50 miles per hour. Chance of snow 90 percent throughout the day. Snow accumulating one to three inches. So uh, that is still uh, a forecast. If you look at somewhere like Weather Underground or Weather.com, any of those sites, you're seeing snow showers on through 10 p.m. tonight in Kansas City. So precipitation at 71 61 57 percent on through the game um this could be a legitimate part of this contest which is always fun uh for those who are not watching it live those or sorry not watching it in person those who are not playing watching a football game in the snow is always fun uh attending a game in the snow and the cold <laughs> not as much fun but hey uh enjoy it uh, anybody who's out there who's listening uh, and be sure to uh, uh enjoy the contest uh, what about andrew luck here for you as we sort of close out this game we'll look at some prop bets and move on to the next one after the break uh what about andrew luck do you see uh a continuing here for luck he's 6200 uh on uh, dk uh this is uh, a matchup again that should favor him Sands the weather. You know, we taking the weather out of the mix, uh, everything being equal, you'd have to like the upside. But uh, with the weather, is it sort of the Eric Ebron show? Uh, T.Y. Hilton on the outside, maybe uh, mitigated a bit by the weather with that ankle? Or, or do you see uh, all systems go for T.Y.? Uh, once again, I think T.Y. is going to have the same problem that Tyreek Hill will have. Yeah, well, the, the track will be will slow him down. So it'll be a slow track, which will hurt him. Then I'll say it again, though. Generally, a track, a muddy track does have the advantage towards the offense. They know where they're going to go. But I think the overall weather problems will be an issue here uh, as far as throwing the ball. I think what concerns me most about the Indianapolis offense are uh, the past two weeks. Yes, they've beaten Tennessee. Yes, they beat Houston. Divisional foes. Uh, they've got off the hot starts. And then I don't know what's happened in the second half. In both these games, they, they, they took the foot off the gas. You know, or they changed offensive game plans more to kill time with the run game rather than keep, you know, go for the throat here and scoring points here. Uh, all the points you've gotten from Andrew Luck fantasy-wise, you better get him in the first half because in the second half, you know, they, they've gone away from it. That being said, I don't think they're going to put away Kansas City in the first half here. So I don't think, the, I don't think uh, we'll have that problem here. But, you know, with, with weather like this, I think uh, Indianapolis is going to rely more on their run game from the, from the outset here. And hope that they can, uh, you know, kill clock, keep Mahomes off the field here, keep the ball, you know, out of the air somewhat here because of the weather. So I don't know if I see a monster game going here from Luck. I probably like Luck a whole lot more on Monday and Tuesday, and Mahomes too, for that matter. Before you see the weather forecast here, which, granted, it isn't it isn't terrible, but it's not really what I want to see either. Uh, I think the more I, I'm, uh, I see it now, where either one of these quarterbacks might have been one-two in my rankings. 
I think I've changed that now to Drew Brees. And that's the intriguing thing is uh, if you're saying that and from a, and I'm seeing similar things uh, from a DFS perspective and an ownership perspective, are we getting uh, two of the more potent offenses at the end of the season at low ownership here because of the weather, uh, because of potential snow um, and a little bit of wind? It's intriguing. It's intriguing to think, do you now uh, slide back the other way to be a little bit contrarian and, and go at the wind and go at the, the snow here uh, with Mahomes and Hill and, and Kelsey uh, with T.Y. and Marlon Mack uh, and stack up this game uh, and hope for the best that the weather doesn't affect the, the contest too much. I do think it's a legitimate question uh, to have as you're setting lineups today and figuring out exactly which way you want to go. I do want to talk about some of these uh, prop bets, but want to get your last take here on the over-under before the end of the show, obviously, where we'll recap everything. 57, you said you feel like you may be going under at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely going over earlier in the week. Yeah, I think on a nice day, 40 degrees, you know, sunny, I, I was going over. I think uh, Kansas City could score and Indianapolis could certainly score here. Now I'm leaning under or not touching it. You know, uh, right. Because now, the thing is, even with the uh, the weather, this is not going to be a 17-14 game. But now right. instead of 37-34, I'm taking 27-24. You know, still what's considered a high-scoring NFL game, but maybe not quite to what uh, you know, the 57 points. That, but then again, in all playoff games or all one-and-done games, I always worry about once teams are trailing, they tend to you, know, you throw caution to the wind. And you don't care if you get an interception return or fumble the ball, whatever you do, you're doing all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to a hard catch. You lose by if you lose by seven, you lose by thirty. So that always worries me here. That you know, uh, Kansas City's up, let's say, you know, twenty-seven twenty. All of a sudden, now throwing the ball all over the place, and then you get some turnovers happening. All of a sudden, uh, Kansas City gets a couple of easy scores. It's forty-one twenty, and you get that garbage time score late, which can always happen here. So that's what I'm. When it comes to the over/unders and one-and-done games, I always want to take the over. Almost always want to take the over unless the defenses are so good. So that's my only issue here. I'm leaning towards the under, but I think come uh, come when I got to make that click, I think I'm going to end up staying away from this. All right, and I think that's a great point. Uh, remember, you don't have to bet every game. <laughs> you don't have to. It just because something changes, and you can one of the some of the best bets you'll ever make are the ones you don't place. Uh, so that that'll be a a, a definite decision to make on whether or not you have a, a real read on this one. Over-unders here quickly. Andrew Luck, over 305 yards passing. Under. Patrick Mahomes, 314. Passing. I'm home. I'm still going to go over. Yeah, it feels right. Um, this is uh, this was not something we saw last week, at least not something that jumped off the page. Total interceptions, plus 5 for Andrew Luck. So it was plus .5, sorry. So half half an interception. You'd have to go with one. So, 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 he's going to get one. Is he going to throw an interception? Yeah. yeah, I'll say he does throw one. And that's same for the same number for Mahomes. One minute. I feel like Mahomes is going to throw an interception. And thinking, Mahomes going to prop it on interception. They go, are they both going to throw one. Yes. Uh, quickly on receptions, Tyreek Hill five over under. Five's a good five's five's a good number. I'll, I'll go over, but five's a really good number. Six and a half for Travis Kelsey. Under that's a lot. Uh, total receiving yards. Uh, Tywe uh, Tywe Hilton. T Y Hilton. Eighty-eight point five. Over. And let's see total rushing yards. Seventy-four point five for Marlon Mack. Over. And Damian Williams. Forty-seven and a half. Over, barely. 
Coming up on the other side of this break, we get to hear the pain in George's voice as he talks about Dallas at L.A. Get ready right here on FNTSY Radio. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. With sa- without salary cap constraints, you can even wager on esports, politics, and reality television or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually anytime during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways you can make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match so head on over and open your account at bet dsi that's promo code fntsy 101 to get your 100 bonus deposit match we uh, roll on here and we will take a look at dallas at la what do you got george uh how, how are you feeling let's take it and uh, first as a fan I want to get your take here as a fan and then we get your uh, take as a, an analyst how do you feel going into this contest against the rams well, as a fan, uh, it's it's tough to separate one from the other, the analyst from the fan part of me. Uh, I mean, the fan part of me was tweaking uh, Joe Galena and Jim Day yesterday, you know, and that, that's just the fan part of me. The uh, analyst part of me tells me, uh, you know, this is, this is not going to be easy tonight at all. Not that it should be, or not that I ever had a chance of being easy, but it's, uh, you know, once again, you're playing a team coming off a bye. You know, they'll be well-rested. They've seen what you can do. They've had kind of game plan with, uh, against you. So, uh it should be fun. Uh, and once again, the uh, the fan. I don't know. I don't even know which part of me is uh, is which anymore. Dallas has been in this position before, you know, where you you win the uh, the wild card round, you lose the next round. You know, they have been to a championship game since '95. Think about that. And it's been 23 years. Uh, I just told my wife I've been married almost 18 years. Dallas has not advanced to a championship game. I think they won three three playoff games in my marriage. <laughs> that's just that's scary for someone who's been a Cowboy fan for as long as I have. Um, Playing the Rams in the playoffs generally has not gone well for Dallas. I know I'm going back 30, 40 years. I get it. But once again, that's where my memory goes to. Going up against Vince Ferragamo, Pat Hayden, Eric Dickerson in the 80s. And Dallas lost a lot of those games against the Rams. Not, I guess historically, history-wise, not the team I wanted to see here. Uh, so that's where my fandom is. The analyst tells me this. Cowboys... I mean, they took away the run last week, so they made Seattle a one-dimensional team. Don't think they're going to be able to do that tonight. I mean, you're not going to take Todd Gurley away, not unless he gets hurt again. And he's not the same Todd Gurley, which, once again, I don't, uh, I don't expect that the Rams did the smart thing in sitting him for a couple of games at the end of the season. Once again, you play to win now, not playing to win week 16 and 17 when, the, when it was already over. And uh, C.J. Anderson did a great job anyway. So uh, I think the, the Rams will have their, their offense here. I think for the Cowboys, the key on offense will be... Uh, keep 
Aaron Donald and Adamic and Sue in check. You're not going to be able to stop them, but keep them in check. You know, I'm watching NFL Live yesterday, and at the end of the program on Fridays, they make their, uh, uh, what would you call it? Uh, they make the, the, I guess, predictions that are out, you know, wacky predictions that are probably not going to happen. And the prediction uh, by Teddy Bruschi was that Aaron Donald would have three sacks in this game and something else. And I'm like, you know what? Is that really wacky? Right. I and mean, he averaged over a sack a game anyway. So you're saying three. I mean, obviously that's a lot. It's a great game. But I don't know if that's wacky. And that, that's how good Aaron Donald is. That's what I'm saying. Dallas needs to keep Aaron Donald in check. And now we can sue in check. Uh, you know, they, these guys are going to make their plays. You can't stop that. But you you got to keep them in check and not let them control the game. Uh, Rams have had trouble against the run all season long. Dallas needs to take advantage of that. Uh, Dak Prescott needs to play well. Yeah, the Rams are going to score points here. On defense... I think what we've seen Goff, uh, he was great probably the first 10, 12 games, tailed off at the end of the year. And a lot of the, some of those games, he seemed to see the rush, see the hits. And I think Dallas needs to take advantage of that. I think Demarcus Lawrence, same way they treated Drew Brees, go after him, hit him. Yep. You know, let him once again feel that rush. Know he's going to get hit there. If you can do that, if he could be a deer in the headlights guy again, I think he got a shot in this game. Uh, so I think that's where the, the Cowboys are going here. I think it should be an interesting matchup. Uh, in this game, uh, betting wise, I'll, pro- I'll probably take the Cowboys and the points. But once again, I don't feel great about it, but I do think the Rams win the game. And we'll uh, go through individually for some prop bets as well here, and we'll go through some of the top plays in this game from a DFS perspective. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the right way to beat the Rams. And I know that's sort of a weird thing to say, but I've read a couple of different analysts say. If you are going to beat the air raid, right? The, so the McVeigh, the the Kansas City Chiefs, you want the running back to have to beat you. You want Ty Gurley to be rushing 35 times. Now, that's not to say that they're up big in the second half. He's getting a bunch of rushes because they're they're running down the clock. Meaning that you are taking away the pass in every way, shape, and form. You're not letting. Woods or um, anybody on the outside be a factor. You're making them run the ball, and they're, you're giving them three, four, five yards of carry because then they're not putting up gigantic points. Now, on any given play, yeah, uh, Ty Gurley can break one. We know that, and he's a great running back, and that, that can happen too. But I wonder from a game plan perspective, if defenses start to adjust to the air raid and start to force as much of the run, even to these great running backs, even to the Ty Gurleys of the world, do they start to allow that to be him averaging five and a half yards a carry, him averaging six yards a carry? Now, yeah, that gets you first downs, but it also bleeds time off the clock. And I know on the other side, it bleeds time off the clock for you too, but it's a way to slow them down. And I really wonder if we're going to start to see more of that. I've seen a couple of different pieces on it now where it does seem to be gaining traction in the analyst department. Now, we don't, you know, we're not the ones on the field coaching the teams and, and making those decisions. But I am intrigued to see if we start to see a little different offensive and defensive uh, frame of mind here as we hit the playoffs. But to your point, uh, rolling off here, twenty point five Dallas Cowboy implied total, twenty eight for the Rams. It is minus seven and a half in favor of Los Angeles. Forty eight and a half over under here. I made the joke uh, at the top about a home field advantage. I don't know what to expect here from this home crowd. I think that is a, a benefit to Dallas. They're not going into Kansas City. They're not going into New England. They're not going into New Orleans. They're going to a, an, an L.A. stadium that doesn't seem to care so much about the Rams. Uh, they'll be filled, 
you know, it'll it'll be a full stadium, uh, but I, I don't know that you're really getting a true home field advantage here for the Rams. So maybe something anecdotally that the Cowboys can take advantage of. Uh, you already mentioned uh, Cowboys points here, potentially um, 48 and a half over under. Is this a game you see going over as well? Or, or is this one that you think is at the high end of uh, the over under there? And once again, when I when I first thing I always do with over under is I uh, what score goes through my head, and the first score that went through my head was twenty seven twenty, you know, and that's forty seven points right there. You mentioned the over over under is forty eight. I'm still going to go over here, mainly because in the playoffs I always think there's there's an extra score coming, you know, whether it's the winning team here gets one late when the uh when the losing team is just throwing all caution to the wind. So I'll go over here seven and a half. Um, I, I think it's going to come down at game time. Once again, I think the Cowboy money is going to come in today and it'll go down. So I think once again, if you're like me, if you're leaning towards the Rams or the guy you want the Cowboys to uh, cover, you better bet now. Because I think it's going to be that being seven, six and a half, seven and a half. I think it's a large spread. And I like what you were talking about here. As far as betting, I think if both teams run the ball short in the game, well, it means less possessions. You know, less chances to score here. So if there aren't turnovers, you know, uh, I think it'll be t- tough for the Rams to uh, beat the Cowboys by 10, 12 points. I think they win the game. I do. You know, but I think the Cowboys can cover here. As far as the uh, home field, you're absolutely right. I believe the uh, – and I forget what site was projecting this. Uh, yesterday, but they are expecting a 60-40 split as far as uh, Rams fans, the Cowboy fans. So pretty much, you know, straight down the, uh, the middle here, 50-50. Uh, not surprised. We know L.A. fans. They don't really come to the game. Cowboys travel well, and they uh, they have training camp in Oxnard, which I think is uh, just a, not that far away. It's within an hour of the Coliseum. So their, their fans will travel there. It, uh, and even here, the Rams players all week, they know it. You were talking about it, right? Oh, no, we're used to that. We we used to only go have to I mean, have a silent cap at a silent count at home. Like, wow, silent snap cap at home. That's rough. You know, when you used to the other team having their their fans there. So I don't think it'll affect the Rams all that much either. Uh, bad news for the Cowboys. They haven't won a road playoff game in forever. I think right. once again we're going back to the uh, '95 season there. So uh, you know, it's it's not going to. Uh, Dallas has their work cut out for them. You know, they won last week against Seattle. Seattle wasn't a great team. Yeah, they weren't. The Rams, if all cylinders are hitting, they are a very good team. The problem is, really, all cylinders haven't been hitting all season. The defense has never right. played up to capabilities. You know, Goff, like we mentioned, he hasn't played well the last three, four games. Gurley has been banged up. But as there's no doubt in my mind. If both teams play as well as they can play, Dallas loses pretty handily here. They need to outplay the Rams just to have a chance in this game. They do. Yep. You know, they're not as good a team as the Rams are. Yeah, this is not an equal footing game, but if... Uh L.A. plays down and Dallas can play up. They have a, ch- a shot here, especially as you pointed out, uh, if they can get Ezekiel Elliott really going uh, in this game. Jared Goff's 5,500 on DraftKings. Dak Prescott, 5,200. Either of them intriguing to you, at least from a price point perspective? Not Dak. I don't, I don't think you can trust Dak. And plus, Dallas is really banged up. Man, we, uh, we all saw the gruesome injury to Alan Hearns last week, yep. which, by the way, I did not need to see that slow-motion replay from Fox. Uh, that no, may have been... I mean... <laughs> George, we, oh. we deal with we deal with the idea that uh, we can't have curse words on TV, but yet they'll slow show a super slow motion dislocation and like skin piercing oh. during a football game. Come on, His, you saw that? Oh, it snapped! I mean, you literally oh. saw it snap. I walked out of the room. The, uh, I walked out of the room oh. once the replay was coming on. I was done. I was out. Like I can't. I, why? Why is like it's the same with NASCAR crashes? People watch them over and over again. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, stop it. Oh, I mean, the only thing that was holding his bone in was the, I think, skin and sock. 
that was it. I mean, I was telling my wife, uh, and she's not a football fan, and I was telling my wife, and actually she was trying to find the video. Uh, she wanted to see it. it Amazing. Like, oh, this is not what I wanted to see. I, might have been the worst injury I've ever seen, as far as really seeing it, where you saw the leg snap. Uh, even Thysman's injury, which I watched that game live, we didn't have the same replay capabilities back then. Right. The high death. So it wasn't, it wasn't quite the same thing, but that, that was just gruesome. But anyway, Hearns is out. Uh, and I almost I get it. The Hearns isn't a big part. I get it. But you combine that with Beasley who's really banged up, hasn't practiced all week. Blake Jarwin, banged up, ankle, hasn't practiced all week. The Cowboys' passing offense is really banged up. So I'm not. there's no way I'm going with Dak in this game. Plus, I think Dak is still – I think he's still – you know, he's still searching for it. Even in last week's game, those they weren't throwing the ball down the field again. The two passes that Amari Cooper had for big plays, one was a 15-yard pass that he ran the rest of the way, and the other one was about a 20, 22-yard pass. Once again, Dak aimed the ball. It would have been a touchdown if he fired it because Cooper was that open. Said he aimed it and Cooper had to die for it. That was the play that was replayed, I believe, in the fourth quarter that ended up being ruled a catch, which it was. But it wasn't a very good throw. So I, do, I think Dak is still just aiming the ball here. So he's, I don't think they have a lot of confidence in this passing game yet. So, no, I'm not, I, won't, I won't be taking uh, Dak anywhere. I will have Goff in at least one lineup just to cover myself in case he blows up. All right, let's talk some of these prop bets and uh, get ready to move on to our next game after the top of the hour. And, of course, we will open up the phone lines in the second uh, segment of the second hour. That's 844-843-6879. If you have any questions that you want to ask over on Twitter, feel free to uh, add us at FNTSY Radio. And it is at Dan Strafford, at George Kurtz to talk to George and I. You can always find George as well, uh, rotoexperts.com during the week and uh, here on FNTSY Radio throughout the weekend, uh, throughout the week as well. So uh, if you are looking for more George in your life, uh, and who isn't, really? Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, let's, who <laughs> um, Other than perhaps his wife, but that's that's a different story altogether. Um, we continue on here. I kid. I kid because I love. That's why. Come on. Um, Might be some the, truth uh, in there, too. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, Let's look at some of these prop bets. This is where it gets fun, trying to figure out uh, if there are some fun bets to uh, make. Uh, Is your your brother into playoff prop betting still, or is it just too much for him at that point? Oh, I I imagine he is. I mean, I'd be shocked if he's not. Uh, My brother's a weird dude. He uh, he makes a lot. They're all five-dollar bets. They're all small little bets, but he has, and he puts it on a spiral notebook. God bless him, be an Excel spreadsheet, but it's all a spiral notebook. You see, you know, oh, three and over three and a half, oh, 40, you know, at the player down here and how much money he has on each bet. It's usually five bucks, you know, maybe a 10 every now and then. But I just, I just laugh when I see this. It's not just that, though. It's the fact that, you know, he'll come over. I got three TVs here, Dan. Three teams watching all the games here. I got the red zone going on with a laptop here. Very, really nice setup. And yet he's at his computer kneeling on the floor, which is just strange to me as well. Have a nice couch as well. <laughs> and all we do is watch his computer. He'll tell me, I'll go to this game. Go to this game. I'm like, this is what the red zone channel is for, damn. We're going to see it anyway. But I'll go to this game. This is all I do. I just, I just take orders and, you know, okay, 717, 714. There you go. I, I just find I just find the whole thing strange. Plus, he's drinking a, a, a Coke, a beer, a coffee, and sometimes a, a chocolate shake all at the same time. So, like I said, it's just it's a sight to see. Amazing. Uh, let's uh, fire through some of these and uh, see what we uh, get to. Uh, passing yards for Dak Prescott: two hundred forty-four and a half. Under. Uh, Jared Goff: two hundred eighty-one and a half. Under. Uh, total touchdown passes. Dak Prescott, one and a half. Can he get to two? I think Dallas does score two to three touchdowns. 
I'm going to go over. I think the Rams are going to try and take away the run here. I'm 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 with you there. I, I think th- this is an over, and I'm I like prop bets. I just don't get too into them, but that's one that sort of stands out. I as love one that prop I might, bets. I, I may might chase down. Um, I enjoy prop bets with my friends. Like I enjoy the uh, sort of one on one aspect of taking them. Uh, I don't necessarily chase them out on. Uh, on any sort of book, but uh, don't forget, uh, we're going through on a specific site here. So you might find other odds elsewhere, as uh, uh, George has told me, and as my mother has told me, you better shop around. So uh, make sure that you are You want to talk about shopping for- around, because a lot of people compl- uh, lost last week with the Cowboys, because they yep. had uh, two. I mentioned yep. during the show, I bet the Cowboys earlier in the week, because I wanted to get Dallas before, before the That's Cowboy right. money came in. And I got them at one, minus one and a half. So I won last right. week because of that. You have to shop around, and you need to know. I said when you're betting on the Cowboys, Steelers are another team. Patriots are the same thing. Their money, their money comes in late. It's going to change that spread late. That's why you don't want to wait till Sunday all the time. Not only do you have to shop around, but you need to know when to bet certain teams. Like I said the Cowboy money is going to come in late. I expect I expect the spread to go down a point instead of seven and a half, probably seven tonight. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, <clears throat> something to keep in mind, something to keep on top of. If this is a, a track you want to go down with uh, sports betting and prop betting and uh, spreads and all that, you got to keep an eye on where things are and where the, the soft uh, underbelly of it is. So, um, Receiving yards, Amari Cooper, 67 and a half. Over. Better be over. <laughs> uh, Brandon it's not Cooks, the Cowboys 60, lost. 64 and a half for Brandon Cooks. Oh, it's the one big play theory. Can he get the one big play? Uh, we saw it last week with the uh, the big plays. Yeah, I'm going to go over again. Uh, let's see here. Total. Wait, they have to have rushing yards on. All right, hold on. Uh, Ezekiel, uh, 94 and a half total rushing yards. They've been betting against the run all year. I'll go over. I'm, it's not seeing a uh, rushing yard total for L.A. All right, well, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, let's see what so else we're gonna we get have zero here. rushing yards tonight. Sorry, can't run tonight. <laughs> Dak Prescott total rushing yards sixteen and a half. I'm going. To, oh, I see. With, with the knee injury, I'll go under. All right, there you have it. There are some of the prop bets that are more out there. Again, shop around, find where you feel most comfortable. We have two more games to go. L.A. at New England, Philadelphia at New Orleans. Coming up after this break, Dan Trafford, George Kurtz, Fantasy Sports Day, right here on none other than FNTSY Radio.